Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome, friends, to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy, and we are walking into season 21. We're back with all new trash candy for you. New season, new trash. Alicia here, friends. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for today's tale of marital misadventure. You said we're, what, walking into season 21? We're galloping. Galloping. Into season 21, Stacy. I got a really, really good story for y'all today. And who's that, Alicia? Sharon Greg Allman. Now, mm-hmm. Sharon is a whole fascinating whirlwind unto herself. Absolutely. And we have covered Sonny and Cher many moons ago many, on Trashy many, yeah. Divorces. But today, this one is the much-requested follow-on in the continuation of the Cher Trashy Divorces saga. So much to explore in the relationship of Cher and Greg Allman, the pop diva and the southern rocker, the most unlikely matchup of the 1970s and friends. It was rocky. Hmm. It was so, so rocky. All the ups and downs in a marriage that lasts four years, but don't be fooled. Cher wanted a divorce after nine days. Oh my God. But here's the thing. I know, (laughs) nine days. Shorter than a Scaramucci. (laughs) The thing though, these two really liked each other and it could have been great but it was not meant to last. The story is something else, but before we begin today's tale of marital woe, we do have a magic mirror here filled with some names of very fine folks, our newest supporters over at patreon.com trashy divorces. Thanks so much for joining us for early ad-free episodes, dumpster dives, nightcap chats, Zoom salons, and so much more. Becca, Whitney D, Elspeth W, Catherine W, Olivia K, Holly P, Candace R, it's Mira, Linda G, Christine M, and Aaron M. And holy cats, TSR, our newest super supporter. We are so grateful for y'all joining Patreon. We're so grateful for all of our Patreon supporters. We want everybody to stay around for the end of the episode because we have a New special way you can get your name in the magic mirror. We have a fun little interactive thing planned for you. So stick around at the end of the story and we'll give you the details on that. All right, Stacy, you ready to travel back? Going back to the steamy, steamy 70s? You bet I am. Let's go, go, go. Oh, Stacy, fellow trash pandas, all the way back in season one, episode 11, mm-hmm. Stacy, you covered the trashy divorce of Sonny and Cher. It was so long ago, I barely remember anything. This is the next part of the saga. Let's pick Cher's story up. In 1974, where she has filed for divorce from Sonny Bono. I don't know if you remember, Cher filed for divorce... Not because of irreconciliable. Irreconcil- no. right. That didn't exist at the time. No. Cher files 
for divorce against Sonny because of indentured servitude. Wow. I do recall that their creative partnership ended up feeling very smothering to her. Yeah, it's not great. Cher in 1974 is in the middle of all kinds of a nasty divorce and a custody case. The Sonny and Cher show ends with Tony Orlando and Don taking their spot in the CBS lineup. Cher, after the breakup with Sonny, is dating David Geffen, the big time music dude Asylum Records. Like he's shaping the Mm -hmm. music of the early 1970s. And Cher's waiting for her divorce, and she's working on a solo television series, and things are moving along. Maybe Cher is taking a breath from the long 11-year marriage to Sonny, mm-hmm. where he kind of found her as a teenager. Yeah, like, he was, it was a, there was an age difference that would probably grimy. raise some eyebrows these days. Yeah, there was, there was a lot going on. Okay, so that's what Cher is up to. So let's introduce Greg Allman into this picture. Greg Allman, part of the Allman Brothers Band. The Allman Brothers Band, the southern equivalent to the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Allman Brothers are part of my roots and just about every other southerner, too, if you are of a certain age. Absolutely. It was in 1969 in Jacksonville, Florida, that brothers Dwayne and Greg Allman, along with their friends Dickie Betts and Barry Oakley and Butch Trucks and J-Mo Johansson, form the Allman Brothers Band. Now, Greg and his older brother, Dwayne, are close. These two were born within a year of each other. Hmm. They're Irish twins, essentially. Dwayne is born November 20th, 1946. Greg comes along December 8th, 1947. Close in age. And talk about breaking out. Their first album, well, I'm not going to go into the history of the Allman Brothers Band, but the first album that gets some attention the Allman Brothers Band in 1969 was released. Idle Wild South comes out in 1970. In 1971, there's a live release from the Fillmore, and the Allman Brothers Band is breaking through. But alas, tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. Dwayne Allman is killed in a motorcycle accident October 29th, 1971, just as like everything is about yeah. to happen. The next album from the band Eat a Peach is released in his memory. And Dwayne's death profoundly impacts all the members of the band, but most especially his brother, Greg Allman. More tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. Bassist Barry Oakley dies in a motorcycle accident about a year later in 1972. It's a bad time for everybody. Yeah. Greg is still into the music, though, and he wants to carry on. Greg, unfortunately, carries on with the help of a heap of alcohol and drug misuse. The Allman Brothers Band will break up officially for the first time in 1976, but it is in 1974, we're bringing it all together, that Greg Allman goes on tour. Small clubs, he's getting back out and playing in support of his first solo release. This is an album called Laid Back. Welcome to 1974 for Greg Allman. So those are our two players. Let's bring them together. It begins in January 1975. Greg Allman is headed to the Troubadour. Your favorite. Where you go to see all the action. Who is hot and who is happening. 
And here in January 1975, it's the last of Greg Allman's tour dates. Greg Allman is opening for Etta James at the Troubadour. The night is Wednesday, January 22nd. That's the first show. And in the dark and smoky Troubadour that night is Paulette, the devoted and loyal secretary of Cher. And Paulette sees Greg Allman and she is socks knocked off, which I can see why. Greg Allman plays four songs and is set that night. Come and Go Blues, Midnight Rider, These Days, <sighs> a Jackson Brown song that's my utter favorite. We've got a follow-up coming on Patreon about These Days, and Crossroads. So that's set one night one, and Paulette, Cher's secretary, is awfully excited. So the next day, she goes to work, and she's like, Cher, you have to go to the Troubadour tonight to see this guy, Greg Allman. Greg Allman says in his memoir that Cher probably went to see him that night just to shut Paulette up. <laughs> so it is Thursday, January 23rd, 1975. Cher will go to the Troubadour with her boyfriend at the time, sure, David, David Geffen. Geffen. At that time, David Geffen, you know, head of Electra and Asylum Records. A few other folks join Cher and Geffen that night, including Secretary Paulette, Cher's sister, and previous Trashy Divorces alum, Tatum O'Neill. Oh. And maybe Cher is just trying to shut Paulette up. Cher has no idea who Greg Allman is, but Greg Allman knows who Cher is. That makes sense. Greg Allman saw Cher at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go back in 1967, and Greg Allman has been low-key infatuated with Cher since then. This is a long time coming. And by this time, she'd been on, she, she and Sonny had had their TV show, right? She's a pop I mean, yeah, Everybody yeah, knows Cher. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't know him. He knows her. She was probably calling him Greg Almond. <laughs> Cher and David Geffen go backstage. Greg recalls in his memoir, this is called My Cross to Bear. He says, I was so rude. I didn't say hello or nothing at all because I was so blinded by her. But that's not all that he says. Listen to this. This makes me swoon. Greg Allman says about Cher, she smelled like I would imagine a mermaid would smell. I've never smelled it since, and I'll never forget it. She smelled like I would imagine a mermaid would smell. See, this does not strike me as a particularly nice aroma, but I gather in his brain it was. I'm thinking briny. I just, that's so romantic. How would a mermaid smell? What fragrance are you using, Cher? I have so many questions. Oil of shrimp. What? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I know. Brine on I'm, the romantic. She smelled like I would imagine a mermaid would smell. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he was imagining something beautiful. It's just, that's just odd to me. Maybe he's not familiar with the beach. He's from Florida. He knows the beach. All right. Well, then there's no excuse. Moving along. <laughs> she smells like a mermaid. He's enchanted. The chemistry is instant between the two. Something is in the air. We're also four days away from a full moon. Hmm. Whoa. <laughs> this night at the Troubadour, Greg Allman plays six songs in his set. Come and Go Blues, Midnight Rider, Melissa Crossroads, One Way Out, and Stormy Monday. 
Cher, Geffen, Tatum O'Neill, all the crew listening. Greg Allman is enchanted, captivated by Cher. Alan Paul, who is a biographer of the Allman Brothers Band, quotes Greg Allman as saying about this event, I was so scared and I tried not to look at her, but I could just barely make her out in front of the stage. Suddenly, I was the groupie. So he plays, Greg does, and he slays. And then going backstage, Greg Allman writes a note and gives it to his friend, Chank Middleton, to bring out to share. What does the note say? Oh, God. Dear lovely lady, I'm not supposed to play here another night, but if you could come back, I would deem it an honor to play for you tomorrow night. There is no response from Cher in the audience. So maybe after a few more drinks, probably because Cher's watching out of James, right? Like, got stuff to do here. But after a few more drinks, here comes Greg Allman. He casually strolls over to the table where Cher and her crew were. And he leans down and he asks her, what's it going to be? And Cher says, I'll get back to you. (laughs) Wow. So... Off goes Greg Allman back to his dressing room, all defeated. Yeah, thinking he had moves. He got no moves. No moves. No no game. No game, whatever. But, you know, set ends, club is clearing out, and Greg comes back out, but Cher's still there. She hasn't left. And Greg's kind of excited, but he's doing his best to, like, play it cool. He's packing up his guitar and his gear, and he casually strolls over to Cher, and he's like, let's have dinner. And Cher's like, "Mm, I don't know. Call my secretary. Greg Allman, next day, calls. Seals the deal. Dinner's arranged. And the dinner, first date, goes badly. Real badly. Greg Allman describes it as, quote, possibly the worst fucking date in the history of mankind, unquote. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of signs here. Train wreck would be mild to describe the first date Greg writes in his memoir that he passed out on the date after shooting heroin, which is, you know, not maybe the your best foot forward on lot, date lot of, one. A lot of signs here, yeah, a lot of red flags here. Well, which is maybe when Cher sure. should have been like, mm, hey, red flag. Maybe a little too much for me. But not Cher. No. The moon is full. I can fix him. Did I mention? We're now under a full moon. So the second date... He gets a second date. He gets date a second after, date. Wow. Cher, come on. That goes better. The second date is to a discotheque. This night goes better. This is what Greg Allman recalls about it. I don't know how to dance, but I got drunk enough to where I did. <laughs> this is when disco was just taking off, he writes. So we did some dirty dancing. She had one drink while I had my 21, of mm-hmm. course. When we got back to her place, she took me out to her rose garden, and all the roses were just starting to bloom. We made some serious love. Goodbye, David Geffen. Hello, Greg Allman, because Cher is hooked. Hmm. It takes no time flat for Greg Allman to move into Cher's mansion in Hollywood, and Cher is trying to have some conversations with Greg Allman, like, man... This is probably going to get dicey. Do you know what dating me is going to be like? Not because of who I am, but just because of the press and the publicity. But Greg Allman does not care. He is unbothered. The two begin to set up a happy little home or something, and everything's going 
great for our lovers until it doesn't, because it won't, because we're here on trashy divorces, but it's a great time to take a break <laughs> right here in this courtship period, because I like to live in the good times. Sure, cliffhanging. They're not going to last much longer, the good times. Yeah. These two move real fast. We're going to be back in just a moment to get through the rest of 1975, because it is a whirlwind. We'll see you on the flip. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. This episode is brought to you by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PWC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough reinvention. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you reinvent. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at pwc.com. Okay, so they meet January 1975, and share. think about it, is so naive in so many ways. Sonny, her first husband, like the guy that she's been with since she was yeah. a teenager, he was way older Filed for grounds of involuntary servitude. That says something. Yeah, that's harsh. Cher, in her time in Hollywood, has been largely protected, sheltered a bit. I don't know if Cher is necessarily prepared for all of the extra stuff that Greg Allman comes along with. Again, from Alan Paul. Greg, at the time, was a full-blown drug addict, and he was struggling to overcome it. He did go in and out of rehab several times. He had periods where he was able to overcome it. He talked about that very openly. Cher, even though she had been in Hollywood and a celebrity since she was 16, 17, was quite naive. She didn't understand what that meant. I mean, I don't think you can until you're in it. So in the spring, Alan Paul continues about this. Like, Greg, at one point early in their relationship, just says to her, just go home. Pretend this was a trip to Disneyland. It was fun while it lasted. Now go home. He couldn't bring himself to tell her he was an addict. But you know what happens when you try to push away someone who's falling passionately in love with you? Oh, it's so romantic. So Cher, right? It's a trip to Disneyland. Go away, little girl. And Cher's completely crushed, angry, blown away. In her mind, everything was going great. Now she's basically like, what the hell is going on? Paul alleges that Allman cried for almost an hour before he could muster up the courage to tell Cher, I'm a junkie. 
The good news is that I'm crazy mad in love with you, Almond says, but the bad news is I have a problem. An unbothered Cher allegedly says, that's okay, we can beat that. Greg Allman, you don't understand. Listen to this. I would steal your mama's TV. Wow. You don't understand. I would steal your mama's TV. And Cher, in love, I can fix him. I can fix him. Love conquers all. I'm mm going to make it happen. Alan Paul continues. Her reaction was like, that's fine. It's a problem and we'll fix it. She understood it as a problem, but she thought it was something where you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You could go to rehab and you'll be better. She didn't understand. Yeah, and, it, would, it would be fantastic if it were that easy. And Greg talked so openly about that from the very beginning of their relationship. It was overshadowed by his drug use. True story. 1975, Cher is still married. Cher and Sonny's divorce is finalized June 26, 1975. Three days later. Don't do it. Don't do it. A 29-year-old Cher and a 27-year-old Greg Allman get on a Learjet. They take the PJ out to Las Vegas to get married. Three days after. Her divorce is finalized from Sonny. In in fairness, she had been trying to break away from Sonny for quite a while, I believe. And so, like, I think in her mind, she had really been out of that relationship for quite a good long while. So the PJ over to Las Vegas. Three days after the divorce is done. So congratulations, Mazel. Sure, drive through the little Elvis chapel or whatever. Huzzah! The rocker and the diva. Oh, my God. Chemistry off the charts. Happy marriage and all that it's gonna go great sure no it is nine days after they get married that Cher finds all of greg's drug paraphernalia needles and the like and Cher is like oh no wait a minute i can't did not quite understand what i was getting into here she files for divorce wow. she calls greg allman to say greg I I was wrong. We're going to dissolve this marriage. She's trying to unpack it and explain it. And Greg Allman is so high, he does not understand what she's saying. Oh, boy. Kind of proving her point, I guess. But so, no, that's that. Oh, man. That's got to be overwhelming. So this is the summer of 75, right? Like, just got married. See if this isn't so prescient. There's so much about this story that reminds me of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So... Now that they've gotten married, they share files for divorce nine days later. Now the press and the tabloids are saying this whole marriage was what? A total stunt yeah, anyway. Yeah. It was so just a PR. Publicity thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look at, look at all of them getting their names in the papers. Yeah. It's all just PR. And Cher's kind of mad. She will file suit against the press. She will dismiss it later because what happens? Greg Allman. Wants to patch it up. Makes promises. He's going to write the song one more try to show his love. And these two, I mean, they are both dealing with really different things. And I think the blinders are on. Cher dramatically underestimates his drug use dependency. I would steal your mama's TV. I know. That's that's so self-aware, though. Like, I'm actually sort of super proud that he could articulate that for her. Kind of. Yeah. Greg Allman, going through his own problems, 
alternately, has no idea what living in the bubble of Hollywood and dating Cher is going to be like. He does not understand or comprehend quite her level of fame and what that would be like. Allman says, I thought there would be a lot of photographers around being an Allman brother, but I didn't know what it was until she and I went out together. Six or eight photographers would be waiting outside our gate 24 hours a day. I did not fall in love with her because she was famous. Famous didn't turn me on. Famous is a pain in the ass. Alan Paul adds a little bit onto this and says, When I said drugs were really the problem, I do believe that. But I also think this level of celebrity access and inability to have a private life was also part of that. That compounded the other. Yeah, that it can't... You're trying to get clean. You're trying to like make good choices and be healthy. And you've got like this enormous pressure on you at all times. Like I, that's tough. Alan Paul continues. It was really hard to work out one problem under this glare. They couldn't get out of. Yep. They were on one of the first covers of people magazine. That side of celebrity culture was just beginning They were the Kim and Kanye of 1974-1975. So it's just never been good to be that. (laughs) Love is blind, star-crossed lovers. Let's talk about a few other things moving along within this couple's world that are going to complicate things a little more. Cher has returned back to television solo. Her show is doing great. It's more popular than Sonny's solo show. And all of Cher's buddies are coming on And it's good stuff here, but Greg Allman, on the opposite side, is in the middle of some ugly legal stuff. There is a former road manager, body man. His name is John Herring. He is known as Scooter. That's his nickname. You are kidding. Can't make it up. Wow. Scooter is indicted on drug charges. And Greg Allman is threatened with prosecution if Greg doesn't testify against Scooter, his friend and dealer. Wow. So the fuzz has evidence stuff on Greg Mm -hmm. Allman. I mean, this is an easy trade. Dude, we'll give you immunity for all the stuff we have on you if you testify against Scooter. Greg Allman will, but because of this, he will then get many, many death threats. Jerry Garcia calls Greg Allman a narc. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. Scooter was sentenced to 75 years in jail. But we'll end up serving 30 months. What? Yeah. But all, I mean, that's not the story, but I just, all of it. Imagine this whole fast and furious year. Like, there is a lot going on. Yeah. 1976, Allman Brothers Band breaks up. Partly because of, hey, Greg Allman's a narc and continued drug use. I mean, it's it's just a, it's all coming to a head, right? But when the Allman brother's band breaks up who gets blamed for that is it greg allman no oh is it Cher? yes <laughs> okay of course it was of Cher. course it was Cher. come on you know the it's a tale as old as time it's always i know did the chiefs win the other day i don't even know it's taylor swift's fault if they didn't Cher will say about this particular time quote our whole world was shot to rat shit unquote evocative not great But hey, 1976, phew, there's still more happening behind the scenes. 1976 is also the year that Cher 
goodness, will reunite on television with her ex-husband, Sonny Bono. Getting the band back together. I guess they think they do better together, at least with television audiences and the acrimony of the divorce has settled a bit. Sure. And I'm also sure that's a draw for the audience, too. Like, what the potential for train wreck here is big. So let's 100%, tune in. 100%. Of course. Who can't handle it, though? Greg Allman. You bet. Yeah. He's out. He doesn't want to unpack those feelings of his jealousy. Why are you going to go back and work with your ex-husband? Again, he's still using on off. Greg Allman files for divorce at this time. Wow. Cher is stressed. They have to halt filming on the new television show because of her acne. Like she's having an acne flare up. But there could be another reason for her acne to be flaring up. Because in early 1976, Cher discovers that she is pregnant. You got it. Uh. And the couple's back on. No cap, y'all. This is up and down and rocky and repeat and recycle and rinse. Cher and Greg Allman's son, Elijah Blue, is born in July of 1976. Family back together. Mm -hmm. It is in September of 1976 that the new family poses for an optimistic People magazine cover story with Cher saying, Greg has stopped drinking and has stopped doing any kind of drugs. I've always loved Gregory, but until now, I never felt it was going to last for the first time, I feel like married people. Hmm. It's, uh, oh, we, we hope, we wish. They're doing cool things, Greg. And Cher, do you go to Jimmy Carter's inauguration in 1977? Props to them for trying. So much. This is right. me trying, yeah. <sighs> 77, big year. All right. <sighs> the couple is going to now decide to blend their musical talents. Oh, no. Greg is, right, attempting to clean up and save his marriage and be a good father. And Cher and Greg, in an effort to come together, they're going to make their own music together in the form of a little collab called Almond and Woman. (laughs) She doesn't even get a name. She's just and woman. Their I'm album. Not sh- I'm not sure what that sound was I just made. <laughs> you're leaving that in. <laughs> Their album comes out in 1977. It's called To the Hard Way. And it blends a pop and a southern rock aesthetic, which not only confuses the music world and the press, it's widely panned, but on tour, the fans that are coming oh, out they, to see. They go on tour for this. They go on tour. Almond and woman go on tour. <laughs> and Cher's fans and Greg Almond's fans, believe it or not, are not the same fans. I am not surprised. So, you know, you go to some concerts. I'm going to, uh, Tina Turner. Sure. Tina Turner brings everybody. Gay, white, black, old, young, queer, not, doesn't matter. Everybody. Sure. Chills at a Tina Turner concert. Everyone did not chill. At the Almond and Woman concert, the fans of each of them don't like each other. It's it's awkward. In the tour, Cher is constantly worrying if and when Greg is going to use again 
and she's paranoid all the time. And Greg knows that she's paranoid all the time and it's stressing him out and adding all this other pressure. So it is. After the 16-day Japanese and European leg of the tour. Are you kidding me? No. All Men and Woman Global Tour 1970, what, seven? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's after the 16-day Japanese sure. and European tour. That Cher is done. Uh-huh. She will file for divorce God, after this. This is the third time now that divorce has been filed in this train wreck of a marriage. Third time's the charm. Oh, no it? take backsies. Okay. Yeah. The couple will finalize their divorce January 16th, 1979, just a few short days before the four-year anniversary of the beginning of their love affair. Hmm. But that's not the end of the story. As these two never really lose their fondness for each other. I'm getting a little bit wistful here. The recollections of the two lovers through time are really quite extraordinary. We're going to take another quick break with more to be revealed when we come back. See you in a minute. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Oh, there's so many. I really, oh, my trashy heart gets so wistful over this one. So with the romanticism of she smelled just like a mermaid should, I have these two with some other quotes. Don't ruin my poetic thing with your shaking of your head. I just, I I just think we've had different experiences at beaches, me and Greg Allman. I just, I just think it's so romantic. I don't think mermaids smell good. Mermaids are not beautiful, ethereal creatures. They'll bite your face off. But <laughs> they're with not the romantic. <laughs> not the point. I'm just saying <laughs> things that come from the sea don't. They're, it's not like they're floral. Okay. <laughs> so Cher and Greg are done in mm-hmm. 1979. Cher will pick up pretty much immediately with Gene Simmons from Kiss. Hmm. Yeah, there's no slowing share down. No, there never would be. Greg Allman does get clean, but he does not get clean until the mid-1990s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when he does, he says he feels brand new at the age of 50. Like his... I'm glad he survived it. That That is oh, a lot of kidding. years. Yeah. Greg's hard living did take a toll. He will have a liver transplant in 2010 and live until 2017 when he passes away at the age of 69. Hmm. Cher, as we know, is still going strong, eternal, that one. But these two never really lose their love for each other, even though it didn't work out in the long run. 
Cher in 1979 will write and sing about her marriage in the single My Song. She'll perform this on stage with film of their son because the whole My Song is like, your father will never get to know you, my son. And there's Elijah Blue playing, you know, in the background on film. That film was shot by Sonny Bono. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like it's insidious. So, all so of it. Cher stays close with her exes because I know she gave a very moving eulogy. Yes. For Sonny Bono. Yeah. yeah. Cher tells People about Greg Allman in 1978. Nobody ever made me feel as happy as Gregory did. He's wonderful. I don't understand why he can't see it. He's the kindest, most gentle, loving husband and father. But then he forgets and everything goes to shit. Mm. Alan Paul will say, I interviewed Greg many times. He talked about Sharon, would say nice things about her. But in his interviews with Kirk, he really opened up. Another biographer. He tells the whole story of their courtship, their marriage, how it ended. It was powerful hearing Greg talk about it. It was one of the things that got him really emotional. I think their love for each other endured. Greg always spoke about her with a wistfulness and respect that was not always present when he discussed his other wives. Reflects Greg Allman, Cher is really a sweetheart. She has a very broad mind, a very open mind. And we were really in love, too. Then I came across the most amazing interview clip from 1982. Greg Allman is interviewed, and he's naturally still using. He's very far off from getting clean. But listen to what he says in 82. The interviewer is talking to him about Cher. And Greg's like, yeah, marrying Cher. I mean, there are good parts to these things and bad parts. It took a lot of growing up real fast. The interviewer asked, like, did you understand what that was going to be like being married to her? And Greg Allman says, I didn't even think about that. One day she said to me after we realized we fell in love, this could get you into some real trouble. The press will be all over you. And I thought, of course not. Love is really blind, that's for (laughs) sure. All of a sudden, I couldn't make a move. I couldn't wash my car without people being over the gate. Hmm. At one point, it really got to me. Greg continues saying the reason we split up was more her surroundings of where she was. Beverly Hills, Hollywood. I couldn't take it. I couldn't live that way. I couldn't do it. I had to come back down south. It's where I belong. If she'd have come with me, it might have worked. And the interviewer asks, did you ask her? (sighs) Greg Allman says, no. I knew that's where her roots were and I respected that. I didn't have to ask her. But that place, Hollywood, will drive a southern boy to drink. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love the audience. Love to go there. But it's like New York City. I love the people. It's the best town. But I got to go after four days. And the interviewer continues, do you still talk to Cher? And Greg Allman says, sure. Y'all had a baby? Greg Allman, just his, his face changes. A beautiful little boy, he says, just turned six years old. Greg thought of Elijah's name, and he talks about this. Elijah was the last prophet to die. He was a real rascal. (laughs) And blue for the blues. So, Mm. mm -hmm. (laughs) 
the interviewer goes on with one more thing and it says like, it was just such an unlikely combination when you got married. And Greg says to me, it seemed perfect. And to her, it seemed perfect. And for a while it was perfect, but there was so much a day in the life of Sharon Greg Allman was staggering. There's just something wistful and sad about all of that. Isn't there mermaid love? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) When Greg Allman passes away, Cher will take to Twitter to post, I've tried, words are impossible, gooey gooey. Hmm. This is Greg Allman's pet name, and she signs it with her pet name from him, Forever Cooch, with a little red, with a little red lipstick. Forever Cher is mm-hmm. what I want to say. This story touches my trashy heart. Three attempts at divorce finally happens, but... Ah, trash cans. I mean, they're laced with all the magic of the 1970s. Maybe some mermaid perfume, all probably in the back of the troubadour. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it was a real love story that just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. Rocky. What do you do? Downs, Yeah. yeah. Wow. Star-crossed lovers. Well, thank you for that. That is a banger of a complicated romance to uh, kick off season 21 here. You're not kidding. There is a little bit of current news actually happening mm-hmm. about Elijah Blue, their son. Yeah, I've been seeing in the in my professional perusal of the tabloids, which is a thing I can actually honestly say I have to do now. Yeah, Elijah Blue and his wife and Cher have all been in court recently. Cher is looking to put him under conservatorship. We're going to follow up on that within the next Dumpster Dive on Patreon. Again, Patreon ad-free early episodes, bonuses, all that good stuff. A few quick drops here before we wrap up today. For all of my folks who are Netflix The Crowned Watchers, Trashy Royals, our other podcast, we are now in an episode loop about the Mount Battens. We met the Mountbattens in the origin story last week. This week, we're getting into the oldest of the Mountbatten children, Princess Alice, the mother of Prince Philip, consort of Queen Elizabeth II. You can check that out for your trashy Thursday listening. And here, the big reveal. I'm so excited about what we're doing. It's January prediction time. It is a new year. 2023 was indisputably the year of celebrity breakups, but I don't think that's going to end. So we're each going to make a prediction about a celebrity breakup we expect to happen this year. Please write in with your own. Send us the celebrity couple you think is doomed. We're going to like make a list. We're going to send prize packs for people as as these things pop. Email us at trashydivorces at gmail.com. Use the subject line predictions. And tell us who you think is going to break up. I have mine. Do you have yours? Yeah, I'm not going to say it now. I'm not going to know. Well, it's everybody. Y'all have till the end of January. Get in your predictions. We're going to keep a tracker. I think we keep it secret, keep it safe. Oh. Don't we? I know that you're sitting on yours. But I'm not going to curse them. Let's. We'll, we'll reveal all later. Send your email with the subject line prediction to trashydivorces at gmail.com. We're going to make a tracker sheet. I don't think I'm ready to reveal my prediction yet, but... Okay, you have till the end of January, though. I know. Stacy, yeah. though, you have your prediction already for I the do. year. 
very sad, but I don't think they're going to make it to the end of the year. Who do y'all think is coming in the year 2024? Yep. Trashy breakup style. Let us know. Rolling on with another year of celebrity splits. Send them to us. Thanks one and all for tuning in today, for being part of this Trash Panda community. Y'all are simply the best. We are going to be back on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Stacey, you're bringing us some trashy action galloping through season 21. Oh, yeah. Until we meet again then, friends. Keep your hands clean. Ah, keep your hearts trashy. God, it took me a second to remember what my line was there. We're out of practice. We're back, everybody. Season 21. Let's do this. Bye. Big love, y'all. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.